to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome all you cool cats and barking dogs. Barking dogs. I don't know if anybody heard that. I don't know either. My these, dog's barking. These mic- mics are tricky. To rock or rhyme? Yep. Um, welcome to episode 116 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Uh, and we're, we're glad to have you here, guys. And, uh, you know, it's an exciting show ahead of us. Bingo. It's back. It's back, guys. We'll see how long it lasts. Um, yeah. So, I feel like it's been a while. I don't, but I think that's because I took a week off and went camping. Oh. Well, lucky you. (laughs) I did not. I worked all week. Like a dog. (laughs) <laughs> uh how was camping it was good yeah good did like a uh like a five and a half mile hike that's that's too much hiking i mean there was it had some really great views of mount baker and baker lake baker swamp bake bacon just bake bake everywhere just everything baked <laughs> so much so much baking because <laughs> you're tight What are we doing? Um, but no, it was good. I've I come to the conclusion that my dog, like, she loves being outside. She loves going, like, for hikes and going on long walks and going swimming. But when we're just, like, hanging out at the campsite, she's she's over it. She's, like, she's not an outdoor dog. Like, I mean, like I said, she loves doing things outdoors. Right. She, but she doesn't like just laying in the dirt. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. She has this, like, nice elevated bed that we have that we bought just for camping. She doesn't use it. She lays in the dirt. What an idiot. Like a hobo. This is what I deserve. <laughs> uh, neat. Yeah. I did not go camping. How was work? Huh? How was work? I mean, you know, it was work. So I did that. All right. Wednesday was kind of cool, though. Uh, we, uh, I actually was not working that day. I, um, our, our CFO... I think he's trying to make this more like an annual tradition where our entire accounting department and HR department were out of the office for the day. And we actually went and visited all of our sites just to see, you know, operations and how things work. Cause you know, we work in a, in a home care and home care and, um, um, day health company. So we have, you know, um, people there with, uh, you know, um, mental conditions and, you know, uh, uh, impairments. Um, what's, I, I can't think of like the politically correct terms right now, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, they, they come to, we have like, was it three or four day health centers where they'll come and they'll just do activities in a group. And for a lot of them, it's really cool because you know, a lot of these people, they live by their, they live on their own or they live with a family, like a family member. So it's good for them to be able to go and do this and be around other people for a day or, you know, uh, uh, multiple days a week. Anyway, so uh, our CFO uh, feels it's a, a good idea for us to get out and kind of see the company in action, which is nice because, you know, we, we sit in an office all day and we just kind of run numbers. So we don't really see what goes on. Yeah. To make the day to day. Yeah. 
Anyway, so we did that on Wednesday, and then afterwards we went to his house and he fed us barbecue. So that was oh, nice. cool. But yeah, the rest of the week was just work. <laughs> um, yeah, I found out that uh, so I may have talked about this before, but we've got um, we've gotten notices two months in a row from our water utility company saying that your meter is spinning uh, at a rate that indicates a leak somewhere in your home. And like I said, we, we, we've gotten these for, uh, we've gotten two notices now, and I've looked all over the house for any sign of a leak. I've looked under under sinks, you know, felt pipes for any for any uh, wetness when, when it hasn't been running. I uh, checked, you know, the washing machine, checked the shower, checked, you know, checked walls around like the, um, like the toilet, hose looked everywhere for a leak and i could not find a single damn thing and you know i I didn't get into the house which i probably should have but it's just like that's a big to do um but no indication of a leak anywhere i could see so i'm like i don't know what the fuck is going on clearly we have a leak somewhere but i don't know where it is um then i was out mowing the lawn last weekend before everyone came over uh and i found a leak in my front yard like a sprinkler or something? It's the it's the main line coming from the street into my house. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So I get to dig up my yard and try to find a leak in the main line and see if I can fix that without having to pay thousands of dollars for a professional to do it. That should be fun for you. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I was going to do it today uh, because we were supposed to record yesterday, but then my parents told me that they were putting my childhood dog down. So I've had a really good couple of days going. Yeah. Yeah. So that was an event. I didn't actually get to go, and I was pretty upset oh, about it. Because my dad texts me and my sister, says, hey, I just want to let you know, guys know that we're, we're saying goodbye to Jack today. And she's like, you know, I'm like in the middle of watching the movies for this show. I'm like, what the fuck? So that's when I text you. I'm like, all right, I, I'm not going to be able to record today. Just, I've got this going on. I need to be there. And I text my dad back, and I said, when? And he doesn't answer me. Doesn't answer me. Doesn't answer me. And my sister responds, and I forget exactly what she said. Um, and they said, I'd like to be there if somebody will tell me when you're going. And... My dad responds and he says, we're already at the doctor's office, or we're already at the op, uh, uh, vet. We're waiting for the doctor. He's like, don't worry about it. We've got this. And it's just like, that's not really what I was getting at. Yeah. I'd like to say goodbye. Um, and uh, then an hour later, I get his response to my initial question. When I said, when are you going? And he said, now. <laughs> but I got it an hour after he had already said, okay, it, it's... It's over now. Jeez. So I was pretty pissed off. I bet. Not necessarily at him. I mean, maybe a little, but not just at him. At the fact that he uses a shitty Android phone when the rest of us all use iPhones. So like when he sends a message to us, sometimes we don't get it. <laughs> um, so I was pretty pissed off. I texted my sister separately. I'm like, dad needs to get rid of his piece of shit phone. I'm really furious right now. <laughs> Anyway, but then we went to the drive-in that night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I told you we were going to see Christopher Robin and Ant-Man. Yeah. Which seemed like a weird pair-up, right? Yeah. 
Well, we get to the theater and on the big, big marquee up front of the up front, um, it was the Meg and Ant Man. So I don't know if they switched it or what, but that made a little more sense. So we saw the Meg. And How that, was it? Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was. We've really, got a story about the Meg later in the show. Do we? Yep. Neat. Um. Well. All right, well, maybe I'll save this for later. Then. All right, yeah, save it. Okay. Anyway, so before we get any further than the show, I won't talk about any more depressing things happening to me, hopefully. <laughs> um, uh, why don't we talk about our lovely Patreon patrons? Why don't we? Well, we have some lovely Patreon patrons, a fine selection of folks that give us uh, money every month uh, to keep the show operational. Uh, you know, we, we have bills for the show. It's true. They're not expensive bills, but they're bills nonetheless. And we have jobs, but the you know the the money these people give us help us keep the lights on, so to speak. Yep, it's nice to be it's nice to have the show be self sustaining. Yeah, it's it's not it's nice not having to shell out money out of pocket every month mm-hmm. um, to where we're actually getting a little bit of revenue to, like you said, keep the show running on its own. Um, anyway, so those people uh, are Kevin Nesgoda. Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, just um, keep things going. And I tell you, I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm pretty sure that Kevin does go to has a big surprise coming. He does? Yep. <laughs> Do I know about this? No. Oh. I don't, I'm not going to tell you. What have you done? <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Taylor, if anybody else would like to be a Patreon patron. Where can they go? Uh, they can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Uh, for as little as $1, you can get exclusive content, discounts on Graveplot Podcast merchandise, as well as other fun goodies. Yeah. I mean, they're all there. Go check it out. Yeah. You can see what you get. Yeah. Usually you get early access to the episode, but sometimes I don't get there. <laughs> yep. Most of the time I do. Yeah, usually. You yeah. missed last week or last episode, but... Yeah, things were in a time crunch. Yeah, that'll happen. It will happen. Probably happen this week since we're recording on Sunday. Maybe. If I sit down and put it out tomorrow, then it, it'll happen. Yeah. So maybe you'll hear it. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> you head to Patreon and join up to find out. <laughs> uh, speaking of Nesgoda, other than whatever you're doing to him. Um, <laughs> doing to him? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> uh, he's got a new book coming out. It's supposed to be coming out, I believe, the day that this airs. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Eight Modern Horrors. No, that one's already out. Oh, wait. He's got a new book? Yeah, it's called I Kill Bigfoot. Oh, I thought he was still working on that. He, I mean, it's supposed to be out. Like I said, it's supposed to be out Wednesday. Oh. Or part one is, anyways. It's going to be a serial. I didn't know that. Yeah. Neat. And yeah, his book... Uh, um, but it's something else. It's no, it's modern horrors, eight fables of something and something. I think it's eight modern horrors, fables, whatever the fuck it's called, something or others. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, but it's gonna fuck be a, Kevin. It's gonna be available in paperback form. Oh yeah! If you live in Santa Barbara, California, right? <laughs> Nowhere else. <laughs> no, but I mean, you can get the ebook on wherever Amazon, Google, uh, iBooks, iBoogers, iBoogers. <laughs> you're an idiot i'm so cool 
yeah, I mean, follow his author page on Amazon for, uh, you know, it'll give you updates and whatever and things. Yeah. And, and if you get if you get a physical copy of eight whatever's and things, um, try to. He just posted. I'm trying to find it. Uh, look at the back, and you'll see some some cool things from cool people. Our dicks. Yep, there's pictures of our it's dicks. Eight modern horrors: colon fables of gloom and obscurity. There you go. Look for that by Kevin Nesgoda. Yeah, we say some fun things on the back. Yep. About the back of the book. Yep. We're like, the back of the book is very shiny. Look at this back. You've never seen a back like this. And then it's just pictures of our back. <laughs> My hairy ass back. <laughs> ass back. Ass back. Uh, and another one of our Patreon patrons, the Horror Addicts, uh, have come aboard the Grave Plot Film Fest as part of our selection committee. Yeah. As well as uh, Mr. Robert Bukta, who many of you may know as Krusty Bumbles the Killer Clown. Mm-hmm. As well as the makeup contest guru at Crypticon Seattle. Right. And then yours truly's. Yours, you, us guys. You, yours is truly's. Yep. We, we are the, uh, the selection committee. Us truly. Us truly. Um, uh, so. We've gotten over 50 submissions from all around the world. So yeah, far. it's pretty sweet. And, you know, submissions are still open uh, and will be open until December. Uh, it's November 1st is the cutoff for free theme of things. Uh, as far as film festival submission fees go, it's it's pretty cheap. Right. But Or you can just not be late. Quit being a procrastinating dickhead. Yeah. Assholes. Um, yeah. And, you know, of course, any entry fees are going to go immediately back into the, the program itself. So not into our Taylor's pocket because he's a thief. Right. We're also going to be launching an Indiegogo soon. Have we talked about doing Indiegogo or Kickstarter? I know yes. we briefly discussed it, but we decided to do Indiegogo. Okay, because Kickstarter doesn't have flex funding. That was the thing I was considering afterwards. It's like the fact that Kickstarter, it's kind of an all or nothing. So it's like if we don't get enough for the show, then we don't get anything. Then, exactly. But then we're expected to do the show with without the money. Yeah. How are we going to do the show with no money? Um, online. That's, no. That's Never mind. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. Filmfreeway.com slash Fest if you want to submit. Do. So do. Okay. <laughs> um, anything else? Nope. Okay. Do you want to start out with some horror business? Yep. Okay, so starting out with some real world horror. Um, where is this? Doesn't say. Nope. That's some crack reporting, Taylor. Smoking crack reporting. <laughs> okay. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Oh, yeah, this is a story I sent you. Yes, sir. Um, I feel like this is in Texas. Rochester. There's so many Rochesters. I don't know where that is. Anyway, so... Minnesota. So, Minnesota. Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, a young man by the a name... young boy. <laughs> the young boy 
named Mahad Aziz uh, was found by responding officers straddling a relative of a 74 year old relative of his um, lying in a pool of their own blood. Uh, and let's see. Uh, so the man had had his eyes ripped out by the young boy. That's fucked up. It is fucked up. Um, did it with his bare hands. So that's assumedly one one would assume. But when you assume, you, you make, make an, an asshole, asshole out, out yourself. yourself. Uh, authorities told KTTC, which is the local uh, news station, that responding officers found the 18-year-old disease uh, straddling his re- relative, who again was lying in a pool of his own blood, um, while they were checking the apartment uh, from a, for a news co- a news complaint, fake news, <laughs> a noise complaint. Um, Aziz was combative uh, with the police and handcuffed at the scene. Um, police said that the 74-year-old had been severely beaten. He was missing both eyes and many of his teeth. Police uh, believe Aziz did not use a weapon and physically removed both of the man's eyes, uh, Rochester Police Captain John Sherwin said. The, eye, the man's eyes, get this, not found anywhere. You think You think he ate them? I, I mean... I think he ate them. I think he probably ate them. Yeah, ate them? <laughs> I mean, where else would they go? I don't know. Was he like took them out of the yard and buried them or something and then came back and finished? <laughs> That'd be weird. That would be weird. Not that eating someone's eyes would be normal, but... Maybe it was a cat. Maybe a cat. The cat took them? Cat came back. Cat took the eyes? Took the eyes. Maybe. Cats are trouble. There's no mention if there's a, if there was a cat. Nobody knows. Nobody knows if there's a cat or not. <laughs> we're making a big deal about a, maybe a cat. <laughs> hey, we're just... We got a hunch. Now, back to my hunch. Hmm, <laughs> gross. Bingo. Hey. <laughs> we are so predictable. <laughs> Anyway, um, so we've reported on a story like this before. Have we? Have someone removing somebody's eyes? I think so, yeah. Oh, that's right. They were just sitting on the dresser or something. Yeah. Like they were earrings. Yeah. <laughs> just like, just staring I'll at just the person. Put these here for later. <laughs> you know, if they want them. If they're, if they're looking for them later, they'll be right here. But this one, they're gone. They just disappeared like a fart in the wind. They probably ate them. So he could gain his sight. Maybe. I think the most fucked up thing is this guy lived. Would you want to? Yeah. Can you call it living? Yeah. No I, teeth and no eyes. I mean, you can get like dentures or implants even, but you can't get eye implants. Yeah. That, that's just like a, a level of violence that's like, if it happens to you, it's just like, Jesus Christ. Can I go on? What? You think in Flocka? Huh? You think in Flocka? That was my first guess, and I also thought, you know, white man in Florida, but I'm going to guess Mahat Aziz is probably not a white guy. And this was Minnesota. Right. <laughs> There's that, too. <laughs> man, the world's a messed up place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else to add? Uh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just when, when people have eyes, don't take them. Just leave them there. <laughs> Those aren't yours. (laughs) 
You're so stupid. <laughs> People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. Streets are uneven when you're down. My dad did not appreciate being called the worst. He just texted me. <laughs> Is he really bad? He, no, he said, I'm the worst with a crying emoji. <laughs> Does he listen to the show? Probably not. All right, well. I think my dad knows how to listen to podcasts. <laughs> my mom thinks the Facebook is the podcast, so my parents are not tech savvy. <laughs> your, par- your parents do not internet. No, not well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, my mom has a smartphone, but she t- keeps it off and she just like turns it on, does whatever she needs to do and then turns it back off. <laughs> so texting her is a nightmare because I never know when she's going to get it. That would drive me absolutely insane. Oh, yeah, it does. Trust me. I would I'd probably yell at her like on a regular basis. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's a concern of battery power or what the deal is, but yeah, it's really annoying. <laughs> I mean, they make... They, they do incredible things with batteries nowadays. They last for days. Yeah, and I don't think she's like on there tweeting all day or anything. She's right. not the president. <laughs> uh, so Amazon has ordered a new horror anthology called... Where are you going? I'm going to get a drink. All right. Well, you know, a little drink. Uh, it's called Them. This It's from Lena Waithe, who is from Master of None. Uh, she's a writer on that show as well as one of the actresses. She's uh, the, the tall lesbian girl. Um, she's also the creator of the Showtime drama series The Chi or the, the Chai The Key I don't know what the, I think it's probably The Chi I mean it says Chi okay <laughs> uh, and the writer is a guy named Little Marvin which is unfortunate <laughs> um, similar to American Horror Story Them is going to be a different story each season and each season will have its own subtitle uh, the first season is called Them Colon Covenant and is set in 1953. Hold on. No, wait. No, Covenant. Right. right. I'm going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> but it was thinking Coven. Yeah, I know. I got you. Did we talk? Sorry. Side note. Did we talk about that last episode? Or are we talking about it this episode? The crossover? Yes. We talked about it last episode. Did we talk about Jessica Lang being back? No, we didn't. Are we going to? Because we, I think we we were like, oh, I wonder if Jessica Lange's going to be back. And then like the next day, they were like, yep. Hey. Hey, guess what? Jessica Lange's back. That never happens to us. Guys, we call it the dead zone. The period in between when we record and when we air. And inevitably, something always fucking happens yeah. in those three days. We are in a very big disadvantage in the fact that we only record every two weeks. Yep. Like a lot of our peers record every week. But we just don't got time for that. But I mean, you know, we said before, we're not here to give you the news. Yeah. We've we, probably heard about all these stories already. Yeah. Not only because we record every two weeks, but because the episode comes out three or four days after we record. Right. So, um, but you know, we're here to tell you what we think of the, the news. But Jessica Lang is back. Hey. And that's awesome. That is that is great. So is Tasia uh, uh, Farmiga. And Debbie Harry. Or not Debbie Harry. Um, Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. Yep. <laughs> uh, back to them. 
first season is about Alfred and Lucky Emery, a couple who decide to move their family from North Carolina to an all-white Los Angeles neighborhood. Carolina. Her, her Carolina. <laughs> it's like molasses coming out the front of your mouth. <laughs> the family's home on a tree-lined, seemingly idyllic street becomes ground zero when where malevolent forces, both real and supernatural, threaten to taunt, ravage, and destroy them. Taunt. There's ghosts being like... <laughs> Not touching you, not touching you, not touching you. Can't get mad. <laughs> By the way, when did that become a thing? Not touching you, can't get mad. Bullshit, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Watch me. <laughs> Watch me get real mad until I punch you in the fucking face. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Salk, head of Amazon Studios, says the show is edge of your seat, scary and addictive while also being provocative and socially relevant. Hmm. I don't know if I believe that. I mean, maybe. When somebody has to tell me that it's scary, I don't believe them. <laughs> yeah, you know who tells me things are scary a lot? Liars. Jason Blum. <laughs> Burned. <laughs> and how, wait, no, that's, I was going to say, how well Slenderman doing, but that's not Blumhouse. It might as well be. It may as well be. Should be. It's fucking Sony and they're garbage. They're, it's they're garbage people. What did, You posted something last night about it. What was that about? Oh, when I was out seeing the Meg, they were showing the trailer for Slenderman. Oh. Also, Slenderman. Uh, Slenderman? Slenderman, um, like, lit the fire for me to cancel my movie pass. Oh, is that one of the, the two you could pick from? Yeah. That's such bullshit. Yeah. It's like, I, um, I was. There's even, two movies no one wants to see. You can pick <laughs> one of them. I wasn't even necessarily planning to see a movie that night, but my wife and I were just looking at the, um, um, the lineup. At our local theater, and the only thing on the only two movies on there were um, Slenderman and The Meg, and you couldn't see The Meg. <laughs> so I was just like, "Okay, fuck this, done. I'm I'm over this," because they just keep fucking up. Yep, they. I mean, they're they're doing whatever they can to make money at this point. They're just it's a sinking ship, and they're doing whatever they can to try and plug the hole. But yeah, it's like they're bailing water, like they're sinking ship and they're bailing water out with water glasses. Yeah. <laughs> um, Except the water is money. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, so I was seeing the Meg last night and they showed a tra- uh, Slender Man trailer and already being pissed off about it and knowing that it's a bad movie, watching the trailer again, it's like, yeah, I posted saying, uh, you know, the exciting thing about the Slenderman trailer is that every time I watch it, I notice something new that looks like complete shit. I have yet to see a single positive review. That's comforting. I've seen the words trite come up several times. Uh, cliche has come up several times. Mm-hmm. Watching the trailer, it's just like, is this a ring movie? Yeah, that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. It's very blue. It's very jump scary. Yep. And it's very PG-13, so... Yep. Fuck you, Sony. <laughs> uh, so you're going to watch them? Uh, Maybe. I mean, I have Amazon, so I might as well. Yeah, that's kind of the way I'm thinking, too. Of course, I was pretty excited about, uh, what's it called? Um, lore. And I actually haven't even watched that. All I watched one episode, and I didn't like it. The Maybe. premise, or like the, the format, doesn't work for me. Yeah. Because it's really, it's Aaron Mankey narrating over something being acted out. Yeah. And it's just I'm I'm not I'm not with it. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't wasn't great. My wife is a huge lore Who? fan. What? Who? My wife. 
Bingo. Uh, now we're just giving the points. <laughs> we're just giving this shit away like candy. Um, oh, because we wouldn't do this anyways. <laughs> but now it seems forced. It's just cheapening it. Um, but uh, no, my, my wife is a huge lore fan. Yeah. And I feel like she didn't even really enjoy it all that much. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, we get to, I mean, it's been renewed for second season, so must, somebody must have. Yeah, I saw the trailer. I mean, the the trailer for season two looks like it might be creepier than season one, mm. but I've been fooled before, so <laughs> I've been hurt before. Well, anyways, anyway, uh, yeah. watch them on Amazon sometime. Right. <laughs> so do... <laughs> Everybody seems like they're just loving on some VR lately, which is weird because virtual reality was really popular in like the early 90s and then it kind of faded out. But it's so much more accessible now because you can get it on your phone. Yeah, I guess. I got sent a Google Cardboard Mm -hmm. just randomly from the New York Times of all people. Okay. And I I played with it for a little bit, but I ended up just throwing it in the garbage. Um, Yeah, I... Like, I, I have no use for it. VR porn wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. You did look at some VR porn? Yeah, we, well, I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> come on. <laughs> Pull your head out of your ass. <laughs> that would be like the only thing I'd check out. Just, it wasn't that great. I think just, part of it was because it, it wasn't like a one of the ones that, you know, it was just a cardboard, so you got to hold it. Yeah. So, like, I had to, you know, like, hold it with one hand and then, you know. Right. I, I got it. So, I couldn't, like, switch hitter. Mm-hmm. Do the stranger. Yeah. <laughs> it probably could have if I had waited long enough. My arm would have gone numb from having to hold that thing up against my face. <laughs> um, I remember my cousin was using it and he was like walking around my apartment. I'm like, okay, stop. You you don't need to move. <laughs> like you're going to walk off the balcony. <laughs> anyway, so um, despite that, uh, VR is very popular nowadays with the kids. Um, on your phone, kids um, on your phones. There's also um, textual messaging. <laughs> textual. <laughs> Sending uh, your Facebooks and your your Twitter Rams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> um, but I mean, on, t- on top of that, we, you know, you have uh, PlayStation Four VR. Uh, you've got oculus rift um uh and samsung gear i don't think i'm familiar with that one irregardless then there's uh the google daydream i think is what the google one is called well isn't that cute yeah it's a cute name yeah whatever it's cute it's stupid it's It's all it's all stupid (laughs) all it's all it's dumb but for us horror fans out there they are bringing us uh something that might speak to our hearts Maybe. Um, Resident Evil? No. Uh, Resident Evil. Oh, I see what you did. Because of the, the biohazard, the Resident Evil 7. Yeah, you were saying it would be cool in VR. It would be cool. I yeah. have not checked it out in VR. That's not what we're talking about? No. We're talking about Evil Dead, Virtual Nightmare. Uh, it's based on the reimagining... Dumb name. Dumb. Stupid name. Based on the reimagining of the 1981 cult... 
horror film. Uh, so what the remake then? Is that what that means? Uh, or is this? No, I think it's saying this is a reimagining of. Okay, so it is based on the original movie. Um, Virtual Nightmare is a soul-crushing mobile VR game brimmed to the edge with gleeful horror, or sorry, gleeful gore and terrifying twists. With a 360-degree sound and vision, you get to explore inside the infamous cabin and the depths of the surrounding forest. Do you get to do the... I hope so. (laughs) The demon cam? That could be freaky, MDR. Could be freaky. So freaky. Super freaky. (laughs) Super freaky now. Um, so what's this What's this virtual nightmare about, Tony? Well, Taylor, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. When the discovery of an ancient book summons up an evil force, you find yourself trapped alone in a desolate cabin in the middle of the woods. Oh, so ex- exactly so, like Evil Dead. So it's like Evil Dead, yeah. <laughs> Except that ash is nowhere to be found, presumably. Yeah, well, maybe you're ash. Maybe you're ash, but that's not fun. I don't want to be ash. I want to watch ash. That's true. So watch him dance around one. Bum, bum. <laughs> um, this is coming soon to Oculus Go. Is that different from Oculus Rift? Oh, it must be like a mobile thing. Probably, yeah. One of those newfangled things. Yeah, you know those little things. <laughs> thing. uh, and Samsung Gear VR. Which is probably for the people with the galaxies. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I have not used any VR stuff um, before, mainly because I haven't had access to any VR implements, and I haven't bothered to find one because I'm not interested. <laughs> I don't know, VR, you said it does nothing for you. Yeah, I mean, it. it I mean, do you look at anything other than porn? Well, yeah. <laughs> It's you know because I know you're a sex addict. It's it's novel, but it gets it gets old real fast in my sure. Opinion. Just I think like VR is basically the same on the same level as like 3D. It's like oh cool three dimensional pictures all around me for like five minutes, and then it's just like okay, I've seen it. Yeah, I'm done. It's giving me a headache. I mean, it might be different if it's something where it has like, you know, gloves or something to hold or something where you actually like do things with your hands. Mm-hmm. But like, like I said, I just have the Google Cardboard, which you just hold onto your face and just look at stuff. Yeah. So it's like, that's cool. Yeah. I feel like those things they haven't uh, or had, I don't know if they still do at GameWorks, like the big rings that you stand in. Yeah. On the platforms and you have the gloves and the masks yeah. that, that hundreds of people have worn and you're probably getting pink eye. Yeah. And people just stand there and watch you. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, you'd be boxing, but you'd be, like, leaning over the ring because you think it's going to get you closer to where you're doing. <laughs> you're swinging your arm in the mid- in middle air. Or middle air. That's not a thing. As opposed to, like, the top of the air. <laughs> top of the air. <laughs> or, the you know, or, you know, the bottom. The famous bottom of the air. <laughs> like, just, just at the end of the air. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Oh. So you're not going to check this out, then? No virtual nightmares for you? If somebody gives me something to look at VR on my phone, talk to the New York Times. Apparently, they just send that shit out. They won't even let me read articles on their website for free. <laughs> They're not going to send me anything. I hate that now. What do you get, like five free or something? 
Yeah, that and the Washington Post. You get like five free articles a month or something like even that. Even the fucking Seattle Times. Really? Yeah. I don't even bother with, bother with them. They're such junk reporting. Yeah. I mean, but you can also just open it in uh, incognito mode and it usually works. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's always like, you're blocking ads. I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you and your ads. Uh, are you gonna check this out? No. Nah. Hey, I mean, you don't even have your cardboard anymore, so <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have a mi- means to do it. Right. But if you do, if you have an Oculus Go or a Samsung Gear VR, and you check it out, let us know how it is. If it's cool, or yeah. Whatever. I mean, if you're into it, yeah. Or, or don't. What do I care? Tony. Yes, Taylor. You ever heard of a director named Ari Aster? I have. He directed a little movie called Hereditary. I've seen that movie. Have you? I have seen that film. You and everyone. Everyone in the goddamn world. It was uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. We talked about it. We did. We had a, little, a whole episode a little, about it. A little ways ago. We said uh said it was pretty good. <laughs> what, what are you what are you doing? It wasn't it wasn't I mean, you can go. You can go listen to our show. Go listen to our old episode if you want to hear us talk about Hereditary. As far as Ari Aster, he's got a new movie coming out. Well, not not coming out, but he's working on it. Oh my! He's God. doing a thing. He's in. Uh, he's in pre-pro, as they say. Do they say that? I think so. Uh, it's going to be a Scandinavian folk horror. Interesting. So it's going to fit right in in Ballard, Seattle, USA. Right. It's not being filmed here or anything. I don't know. No, it's, it's not at all. But it might be at the theater down the street. We go see it. It'd be cool. I mean, probably not. But <laughs> uh, it's under the working title Midsummer, or like Midsommar, because Scandinavian. Yeah, but apparently that's not the actual title. Yeah, or, or it might be. Nobody really knows. But I mean, a lot of times movies use working titles. I remember Spider Man was filmed under the title Sophie's Choice. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. Pretty. I think almost every movie is filmed under a working title. Yeah. Um. Especially like the big ones because they don't want people to know. Yeah. Um. You know, because like if you're filming on location somewhere, like on a public street, um, I know at least in Seattle they'll post like a like a put up a posting saying, um, you know, this will be an active films film set. Um, they'll be filming such and such movie on such and such dates. So it's like if you say, oh, we're going to be filming Spider-Man right here on this street right here, you're going to have hundreds of people yeah. lining up against the barricade. So if you post something stupid that nobody cares about. Right. So, but I don't know that that's necessarily the case for this, but maybe just to cover their bases, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, it's about a couple who travels to Sweden to visit their friend's rural hometown for its fabled Midsummer Festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Ooh, spoopy. Um, it sounds like, as far as structure, very similar to Hereditary, where it's kind of... Because um, it's not mentioned here, but the lead character, her parents just died. Okay. So it's, a, you know, similar to Hereditary. It's about grief for a lot of the movie. 
and then at the end turns into this like bat- batshit crazy off the wall horror movie. I mean, it kind of sounds a little uh, like um, uh, they're watching. Fuck, <laughs> a little. <laughs> uh, no, I was thinking um, uh, the ritual. Oh, yeah. Especially in its Scandinavian origins. Yeah. Uh, Florence Pugh has announced that she has landed the lead role in the film. Good uh, for her. She is probably, I don't know, best known, but she is playing Paige in the Paige biopic. What? Like WWE Paige. Oh. Uh, she's, okay. she's, she's Paige. Well, good for her. I'm happy for her. Yeah. Good on you. Good. Well done, you. Way to page. Uh, her co-stars include Jack Rayner, Will Poulter, who at one time was supposed to be uh, Pennywise. Right. Uh, Wilhelm Blomgren, who is definitely Scandinavian. <laughs> William Jackson Harper, Elora Torchia, and Archie Madik- Madikwe. Madikwe. It's probably something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know who any like two of those names. I know Will Poulter. That's the only one I know. Jack Rayner looks familiar for some reason. Hmm. Well, irregardless. Uh, that's not a word. Midsummer is being filmed in Budapest and not Sweden. Because <laughs> Sweden is expensive, probably. Probably. Uh, or Budapest is just really cheap. It is really cheap. A lot of people film there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's just that it's cheap or if they get some like tax incentive or what, but could be both. Maybe. But yeah, a lot of movies have been filming there lately. Yep. Like Joe Lynch, he makes his nut in Budapest. Does he? <laughs> yeah. Is he filming uh that remake that he's doing now? Is that is he doing a movie now? Yeah, he's doing a remake of some Charlton Heston movie or something. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean maybe. Hmm. So I mean I'm interested in this. I you know. Uh, just the fact that he did Hereditary is enough to pique my interest. Yeah. Um, it, he definitely has um, some clout coming off of Hereditary. Yeah. At least with you know, us. A, yeah. lot, a lot of people. A, a lot of people, actually. Yeah. A lot of people had a lot to bitch about Hereditary. Uh, you know, people are going to bitch about things. Yeah. I feel like a lot of their arguments are kind of, yeah. Yeah. Nitpicky, maybe. Anyway. I just hope he doesn't fall into like a a a uh, I don't know what the fuck the word I'm looking for is. I hope he doesn't start just having this pattern of you know his movies are all about one thing up until the end, and then it becomes a horror movie. I mean, maybe I, I don't just, know. I, you know, mix it up, Lois. Maybe it's the style. Maybe, but I'm saying mix it up. You mix it up. Okay. All right, so we talked recently about uh, uh, movement in the Doctor's Sleep adaptation. Um being directed by Mike Flanagan, which was pretty exciting. Um, and, you know, the recent casting of um, Ewan McGregor and someone else. Was that it at the time? That was it at the time, I think. Okay. I wasn't thrilled about that, but he's playing Danny Torrance. It's kind of whatever. I'm not. 
like any bent out of shape about it, I guess. Um, but we've got some more casting news. Uh, most of the main cast has been rounded out at this point. Um, I think the only person we're missing that is like crucial to the story is probably Abra. Um, but so far, we've got Dick Halloran being cast by uh, as or the role of Dick Halloran. <laughs> there we go. That's a better. That's a better start. Uh, is being filled by Carl Lumbly, uh, who was recently on Supergirl. Um, oh, shit, I forget his name on that. It's a Martian name. <laughs> um, but he was the only thing. I, is other, it ack, ack. Huh? Ack, ack. No, 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 that kind of Martian. <laughs> Um, God, the only other thing I can remember him from, did you, did you watch Mantis? Nope. In the early 90s? Nope. Oh, uh, man. It was like a early superhero TV show. He was like, he was a scientist who got paralyzed. So he developed this basically suit that would allow him to walk, but also gave him like super strength and agility and stuff. And so he'd like protect the streets as Mantis. I like that. Call me that from now on. Mantis. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Mantis Toboggan. Um, also being cast as Wendy Torrance is Alex Esso, uh, who you would have seen in Starry Eyes and Tales of Halloween. I I like her. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with her as Wendy, especially because Wendy, at least in the book, was in only was not in the story for very long. Um because you know the first half of the first part of the book, you know, it takes place shortly after what happened at the Overlook. And then I think it jumps forward to like when Danny's in like his twenties. I think it jumps again when he's in his thirties. Um, and then, you know, present day when he's like middle aged. I mean Alex Esso is not old. No, but she's old enough to play a a child's mom and not old enough to play Ewan McGregor's mom. <laughs> well no, because she she, Wendy Torrance, spoiler alert, she dies fairly early on in the story. Like when, I, actually, I don't think it happens like it, within the story. It's just kind of mentioned at some point that she had died. Hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. She she doesn't look like Wendy is supposed to look like when, like. But neither does Olive Oil. No, she doesn't. Actually, the person that looked most like Wendy does, as she's described in the book, Shirley McLean. Is that right? Is that her name? Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall. You were way off. I was. I mean, I got the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you did get the show. <laughs> but uh, Rebecca De, De Mornay in the TV remake, directed by Mick Garris, like she looked the most like how Wendy was supposed to look. Well, that's because it was Stephen King right. pulling the string on that one. Yeah. Um, so did Brian from Wings look more like I mean, Jack was supposed to look? I mean, I guess. Sure. I think we don't refer to him as <laughs> Stephen Weber or even just Brian or Brian Hackett. It's always Brian from Wings. Brian from Wings, yeah. Um, playing Rose the Hat <coughs> is Rebecca Ferguson, which I don't get. She like reading the book and creating a mental image of what she looks like just based on her descriptions. Like this is way off. I don't know. I don't know where they got her. <laughs> but she's in um Mission Impossible. She's been in like the last two or three movies. Um and other things I don't remember. Uh and then Zon Cl- McLaren, 
who was in Westworld, um, playing one of the uh, Indians. Yeah, one of the um, the ghost ghost nation tribe. The the main guy from the latest season. Right. The main one of the the, the ghost nation. He, but I mean, you're not going to recognize him because he has entire body painted in right. Westworld. Um, but uh, he's playing Crow Daddy, who is kind of like um, Rose the Hat's boyfriend, husband type thing. I don't think it's ever really defined. And it's weird that I never really pictured him as an Indian or, you know, Native American. But, I mean, with the name, you would think. I know, but it's never really uh, implied, at least not that I remember. But now that now that I see who's been, been cast in the role, it's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure, <laughs> that works. <laughs> but, yeah, Rebecca Ferguson and... Um, Ewan McGregor. I'm still just not sold on that. I think that's just all wrong. But that's just me. Um, Dr. Sleep begins as Danny Torrance carries the trauma of the Overlook Hotel into adulthood. He's become a reflection of his murderous father who, with a drinking problem that dulls his pain as well as his shining powers. Also, I mean, jumping into the book a little, a little bit, it actually uh, reveals that Jack, the reason he may have been a, a drinker, um, is because he may have, and why he um, uh, was having so many uh, visualizations in the Overlook was that he may have actually had The Shining. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know why it's something like, it's like you hear that and you're like, I should have picked up on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, at the time, it's just like, okay, well, the, the Overlook is haunting him. But in Doctor Sleep, it's just like, no, he, he had the same problem Danny did. He had The Shining, didn't know it, and now he's seeing all these ghosts. Yeah. So, um, but uh, anyway, so he's become a, murder, a reflection of his murderous father with a drinking problem that dulls his pain as well as his shining powers. Those abilities return when he embraces sobriety and turns or and uses his gift to help those dying at a hospice. He establishes a psychic connection with a young girl who shares his extreme skills. A young girl. <laughs> um and who is being targeted by a group with similar abilities. They found that their powers grow if they inhale the steam that comes off of others who have this power to shine when, uh, when they are suffering painful deaths. Um, a lot of people have, I think actually even in the book, they're kind of almost described as vamp- shining vampires. Uh, like I said, Ewan McGregor's been cast as Danny Torrance. Uh, he says it's very faithful to the book. Uh, if you've read the novel, that's the story we're going to tell. So that's comforting. Yeah. And I, I feel like Flanagan, being that he is such a huge Stephen King fan, would stay as true to the story as possible. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you can look at his adaptation of Gerald's game. That too. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, only very minor things were changed in that. Yeah. And it was things that, I mean, they kind of had to be. Yeah. To to do a film adaptation. Yeah. I mean, you know, like um, the the man stalking um the not the night man <laughs> the man man of moonlight in the book he's re- yeah he's re- referred to as the space cowboy but mm. i think probably because they didn't get licensing rights from from steve miller steve miller they probably had to change that but aside from that yeah the book was very true except in casting so i guess that's kind of a, <laughs> a recurring theme with yeah. flanagan because yeah i mean like Gerald was supposed to be like a unhealthy, overweight, middle-aged guy. But then there's like fucking Bruce, Bruce Greenwood, who's like the pinnacle of fitness. Yeah. And they're supposed to believe he 
dies from a heart attack. Get, get fucking real. Anyway. Maybe it was his boner pills that gave him a heart attack. He did take two of them, didn't he? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so. You still excited about this? Well, yeah. I mean, like, I've I've been waiting for this since I read the book. Yeah. So the fact that it's it's movement, the cast is filling out, even though I don't necessarily agree with all of it. I'm really excited. And, you know, I'm obviously I'm I'm happy to see Flanagan behind the camera because I really think he's gonna put out a product true to the story. So sweet. I'm anxious to see who the cast is Abra. And she's like a young younger person. Yeah, she's um I wanna say she's like fourteen ish. So probably somebody that we don't know. Yeah, like a Disney star or something. God, I hope not. <laughs> um, but we'll see. I'm sure she's probably the next to come. Only thing left to do now. Let's see. Right, so earlier I said that we have a story coming up on The Meg. Here is that story. Uh, the Meg, as people know, just came out. It's already made like $45 million in its opening weekend. <laughs> it made a million dollars. But it's PG-13. And the people who are involved in the movie don't like that. All right. Um, uh, director Turtle Tob who probably has a first name. His name's probably on that, didn't you? His, his name's probably not just Turtle Tob. <laughs> I mean, it could be. Maybe he's like Cher. <laughs> I want to say it's like Brian. I want to say it's John, but I'm not sure. Uh, he said, I'm so disappointed the film wasn't more bloody or it's, disgusting. It is John. Ha ha. He said, I'm so disappointed the film wasn't more bloody or disgusting, he said in an interview with Bloody Disgusting. I see what he did there. Uh, he said, the number of really horrifying, disgusting, and bloody deaths we had lined up that we didn't get to do is tragic. We shot or even did a lot of visual effects for gory scenes. We just realized there's no way we're keeping this PG-13 if we show this. It's too fun a movie to not let people who don't like blood and people who are under, say, 14 years old into the theater. I was very hesitant to cut out a lot of blood and gore. You know, so I like how he goes from, like, I wish it was more gory and bloody to then towing the company line and being like, but I know we couldn't make it PG-13 if we did. I think studios are doing this on purpose now. Making it PG-13? Mm-hmm. They absolutely are. No, no, no. They're making it PG-13 so that they can go and release a director's cut later to oh. make people buy DVDs. It's very possible. I think it's a strategy. It started out people, them like saying, or, you know, people being pissed off that PG-13 films were being released. And them coming and say, coming out and saying, okay, well, here's a director's cut or here's an unrated cut to give you what you really want to see. But now they probably noticed that people were renting it more often. People were buying it more often. People, you know, going and actually buying physical media more often so they could get those extra 10 minutes of gore or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, they're basically doubling their profits. I, yeah, I mean, at the same time, positive. then you're getting the 14-year-olds into the theaters and, the, the you know, the people who don't care so much about the blood and guts exactly my biggest problem with this though is that this is based on a book yeah and the book is apparently like graphic it's incredibly gruesome Mm -hmm. and bloody and so 
you know, now you're fucking with your source material. Right. Not that that's a new thing for Hollywood by any means, but. I mean, I've never read the book, so I can't really speak on the difference uh, from what I saw. Um, but like I said, the movie's not terrible, but it's definitely a PG-13 movie. Yeah. And the, like, I don't know how much it differs from the book or if it's pretty um, true to it, but like the story is super predictable. Um it's it's really paint by numbers. Like there's no, the story is not creative. I it's a, it's something I feel like I've seen a million times. Mm. Like you know, Jason Statham is this badass who you know had a tragedy back you know earlier in his life, and now he gets called in by his own by his old um, uh, comrades to help come rescue a crew and you know solve this problem because he's like the best in the world and he's the only one that can do it. You've seen this story yeah. a million times, and it's 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 not. There's no deviation from that. It's it's just paint by numbers, like I said. Hmm. But it's it's not bad. It's got a lot of action. Not as much shark action as you'd think you'd see. Like I felt like there were parts in the story that should have had the shark, but didn't. Hmm. Probably because a fake shark, fake CGI shark, is really expensive. Yeah. Or maybe they got cut out to try and neuter it. That could be. Um, I, d- I didn't feel like anything was missing. So, I mean, at least there's that. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of the star Jason Statham, and, you know, this is something that may end up hurting them if they want to do sequels, he ha- was even more scathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said the script's totally different. Um, he said there was so many different... And he stopped himself and sometimes sometimes you just go, how did it happen? How did it go from this to this to this to that? You just can't keep a track on it. He said, it's full of humor. It's a little bit more directed to a different taste of what my own is. I like more gory adult stuff. Then he said, where's the fucking blood? (laughs) It's like, there's a shark. Uh, No one was expecting the Meg to be a fun sort of humorous ride or romp or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what it was. Just an action movie with a little bit of comedy. It's a summer movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there really wasn't any blood that I can think of. I mean, the only blood that was on screen was like the chum they were dumping in the water. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I feel like having Statham say the script's totally different. That's a pretty big indictment of, of the studio. He's saying he's basically saying this isn't what I signed up for. Yeah. And that's not good. That's not something you want to hear your star say, especially, you know, there's what, six of these books, I think. I, I don't know. I, I want to say there's six of them. And so like if they want to make sequels, they might have to do it without Jason Statham. I don't know if he would want to sign on to do another one if he's this upset that the script got changed on him. I don't know. I don't I don't really see this being a very successful franchise. It made a million dollars. <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah. Like the first movie cool it's a shark movie but it's it's not like sharknado it's not just off the wall and ridiculous yeah it's pretty grounded but honestly i just i didn't dislike it i didn't like i had no intention of seeing it i only saw it because you went to see something else and it was playing yeah well it's like you know we got there and like i said when we went there, we were under the impression it was going to be Christopher Robin and Ant-Man, which is what we were going to see. We get there, and it's the Meg and Ant-Man, and then Christopher Robin and Mamma Mia. 
And like, I'm not, I told my <laughs> wife, I, I have no z- desire whatsoever to see my Mamma Mia. It's like, and I'm seeing Christopher Robin for you. So what do you want to do here? Because <laughs> there was, there's three screens there. There was the Mahagan Ant-Man, Mama, or, uh, Christopher Robin, Mamma Mia, and Mission Impossible, and The Darkest Minds. Which I wouldn't have mind to go mind minded going to see those, but I know that Kristen never would have. Man, Darkest Minds looks super derivative. Yeah, it's X Men meets Stranger Things, pretty much. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I just I don't see a lot of sequel. You, you don't see a franchise here, no. Um, I mean they 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 left it open for a sequel, obviously, but it's just like, but why? Yeah. Like, I don't, I just, I don't, I think if they release the Meg 2, they're going to find that not as many people are going to watch it. The Maker. The Maker. <laughs> and then the third one, the Megiest. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, that's going to wrap it up for, uh, for Horror Business. Hey. We did it. Hey. Good job, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Go me. <laughs> All right. So next up, as we tend to do, We're going to jump in some movie reviews. Okay. Okay. So we watched two movies. Well, I did. Did you? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, which one do you want to start with, Taylor? Uh, let's start with Dead Knight. We don't need to get into this with them. Get into what? Your mom's trying to cure me. It's just a vacation. Thank you for doing this. And you don't really want to be Maybe there. it'll work. Do you think that's the cabin that we're in? Yeah. Looks like it. Snow's starting to come down and it's gonna be heavy out there tonight, so be careful. I was born and raised in these woods. I'll be just fine. Casey, help! Casey, help! What do you mean to? Just do it. We're passing you. She's awake. What's your name? Leslie Bison. Dark Horse Leslie Bison. Leslie, I'm gonna go down and get you some help. Sure. again? I didn't. I'm not a renter. If things had been different, you could have joined us. You certainly have the stomach for it. The stomach for, for what? 
what's coming next. All right, so Dead Knight, dumb name. Well, it's not a good name. Originally called Apple Cart, also a dumb name. Is that just yeah. like a working title? I No, like it, it did the festivals under that name. I don't understand. I don't either. It's not relevant to the movie at all. No. There's no apples. Like, and there's, there's no nothing, carts. Yeah, and there's nothing that I would even really consider like, a, like a, um, a, an allegory for apples. I mean, I mean, there's. I know there's the the saying "upset the apple cart," but I don't. I still don't get it. <laughs> that's, that's a very tenuous thread to make. Yeah. Uh, so they, yeah, they changed it to Dead Night. Allegedly, I've heard they changed the movie a little bit since the festival run. I don't know what got changed. I only know what I saw. So, uh, AJ Bowen and Brea Grant are a married couple. You may know A.J. Bowen from movies like You're Next, uh, Horrible Way to Die. Um, Sacrament. Sacrament, yes. Uh, and Brea Grant, you may know from Rob Zombie's Halloween or uh, Beyond the Gates, Bad Apples. She was She's also in Dexter briefly. Also in Dexter briefly. Never seen Dexter briefly. What is that about? Well, it's like Dexter, <laughs> except it's much shorter. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah they are a married married couple named james and casey pollock uh their children the children uh sophie and joshua and uh who look like they're about the same age as them jesse yeah jesse and jason jessica those are the kids yeah what I say? Oh, I I was reading the I was reading the actors' names. Like, no, that's not their names. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading the actors' names. Uh, Jessica, played by Sophie Dela, and Jason, played by Joshua Hoffman, uh, as well as Jessica's friend Becky, uh, played by Elise Luthman. Not that you know, should know who these people are. She looked really familiar, and like I looked at her. Becky, huh? Becky did. Yeah, I looked at her uh, history, and it's like there's nothing I would know her from. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't recognize her. She just looked like someone else, I guess. Uh, but they're all going off to this cabin in the woods. You know, not cliche or, <laughs> or derivative of all. Uh, but apparently it's on top of this like iron oxide or something. Yeah, just rocks. a bunch of iron deposits. Uh, which are supposed to have these medical properties. And James has recently been diagnosed with cancer. Which wasn't really focused on much i mean not, it wasn't really have much to do with was story, it brain cancer did they say i don't well at one point he i i think he called becky the wrong name or something he called becky blonde girl that's right yeah <laughs> and and jessica was like her name is becky and he was like oh yeah the cancer mm-hmm. so that was that was really the only so. thing yeah. that gave you any kind of indication of what kind of cancer it was yeah but yeah but, they all go up sorry sorry i was gonna say you can tell that casey is, like almost right away, you can tell Casey's like very like you know into like spirituality, new agey, and, yeah, because she's the one going up to this cabin, 
It's yeah, because James is like, it's built on magic rocks. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm feeling the energy. Kids, <laughs> do you feel the energy? <laughs> Sounds like somebody at the beginning of a metal concert. Do you feel the energy? <laughs> I, I really like A.J. Bowen. Me too. He, every role he plays, he like owns it. Like he plays that character so well. Yeah. Like in this, I mean, there's not a lot to the character, but he's a he's a husband and he's a dad, and he plays that role so well. He's super good in your next too. He is, yeah. Um, and something that like <laughs> when they get to the cabin, you know, they all walk in and he he turns to Jessica and he's like, Honey, can you go help your brother or go open up the door and help your brother bring the groceries in? And Jessica just kind of gives like that typical teenage girl pout. And he just kind of like mimics her. <laughs> he's like, mm, I know. Thank you. <laughs> Life is hard. Yeah. And just like that is something like a real dad would do. Yeah. That's totally. not something you typically see a movie dad do. Yeah. So just the way he plays that role and the way he plays pretty much every role I've seen him in is just really good. So yeah, I really like KJ Bowen. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure these were their kids at first because like Brea Grant is my age. Mm-hmm. And these kids are probably like 18 or 19, which I mean, okay, she was 16 when she had them then. Sure. Not unreasonable. It happens, especially yeah. in Edenclaw. Well, yeah, we've got the state. <laughs> Woo! Teenage, Number one. Teenage pregnancy. Whew, dodge that bullet. <laughs> um, you think? <laughs> as far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I've had girls ask me just like in the past, like when I was dating, it's like, you have any kids? It's like, not that you know of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, James goes outside to collect some firewood and he stumbles across this woman laying in the snow. And who is it? It's Babs. Big, Old Babs Cram. Big bad Babs. <laughs> B Cramp, also known. Uh <laughs> Barbara, that's a, that's a new one. We keep expanding. <laughs> Barbara Crampton of uh, Your Next, um, and of course Reanimator. Um, pretty much any movie that Jeffrey Combs was in, <laughs> yeah, or AJ Bowen or Ty West or any of that ilk. Yeah, I feel like like Ty West and Eli Roth and uh, Adam Wingard. They kind of Simon Barrett resurrected her career in the in the genre. Yeah, I think Your Next really. Yeah, like. Um, kick-started it yeah but i mean you know she had a big career in the 80s with reanimator and uh from beyond and chopping mall all the classics yeah so she's passed out in the snow they drag her inside wake her up warm her up and she's just like i'm cool like i don't i don't need an ambulance i don't need anything what's for dinner yeah and she's like super weird and creepy yeah and she's she's a she's a gubernatorial um candidate yeah which we only know because there's this separate thing that keeps flashing which is this kind of uh unsolved mysteries style tv show called inside crime hosted by daniel roebuck uh, who you might recognize (laughs) as alexander graham bell in the geico commercials (laughs) 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 or you know he was also in uh phantasm ravager and Others and others and the rest. If you saw him, you'd be like, oh, he's that guy from that thing. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Right. No, I know who that is. <laughs> but yeah, he hosts this show, and it's weird because this show 
tells you everything that happens in this movie. It completely lays everything out for you and it explains what's going to happen. So there's not a lot of shock here. Yeah, we didn't talk about the, that scene in the 60s at the very beginning. Do you, oh, that's right. I don't know, is that an, important? Uh, I feel like, I don't know. It's almost like It's almost like a spoiler, even though it's the cold open. I mean, I guess. Okay, well, there's this cold open with Chase Williamson right. from uh, from Beyond the Gates. And uh, what was that arcade um, movie we watched? Oh, fuck. Sequence Break. Yeah, and um, John dies at the end. Yeah. Him and some girly are parking, you know, in the 50s sense. This is 1961 or 60s. And uh, all of a sudden they hear something and... <laughs> Super cliche. He's like, I'll be right back. <laughs> of course, he's not. No. Something or someone comes out of the woods, attacks him, takes his girly, drags her off into the woods, impregnates her, like, immediately. Yeah, but it's like an express pregnancy. Yeah. He's like, I got to get this done in like 10 minutes. What can you do for me? <laughs> and then they, they deliver the baby and they say, it's a girl. And then that's it. And we flash forward to 2015, which is when the rest of these events take place. So going back to when they, they brought Babs into the into the home. Yeah, why not? Um, she starts like, they're saying, you know, well, we got to get you to hospital. And she's like, well, I'll just tell them that you found me in the woods and then stuck your tongue down my throat. <laughs> <laughs> and James is like, that didn't happen. And she's like, ha, oh, I'm just kidding. And just like weird, whoa, 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 don't fall down. How many of those have you had? Seven. It's not true. Yeah, just weird shit like that where she's like, you know, if you call an ambulance, I'm going to fuck up your life. Right. Just kidding. <laughs> Nobody likes you at all. <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, she's... Really bitchy. Yeah. <laughs> but she like bounces back and forth between really bitchy and really nice. So it's yeah. like you don't really know what her motive is. Yeah, and she never says why she was in the woods. That's true. They don't really ask. Well, they do, but they don't really like... They don't push it. It's like, no, 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 really. Why were you in the woods? Yeah. Like, they never do that. <laughs> um, What are you pointing at? Oh. So yeah, this this uh, inside crime show, and you know, I'm hopefully not spoiling things because I'm telling you them as they happen. But they explain that Casey killed her whole family with an axe, right? And burned them all, burned all the bodies, and she's referred to as the axe mom. And they're interviewing, you know, the detective and different uh, psychiatrists and stuff, trying to get inside her mind and figure out why she did all this. Mm-hmm. It's basically just like, you know, like a unsolved mysteries type thing. Yeah. It almost felt like Daniel Robick was trying to do, what was his name, Robert? Stack. Stack's voice. <laughs> like a very similar voice. Scenario A, he's hanging by his neck in his fucking closet. <laughs> but so. Scenario B, he went to Disney World. <laughs> um, so there's these two concurrent stories. And so you, you know what's going to happen, but you don't really know how or why. And then 
old Babs pulls out this thing. It looks like a little like horn or, or tusk or like uh, like a bugle. It kind of looks like a bugle. Like a black bugle. Yeah. I don't I mean like like the bugle crackers that you put on your fingers and make witch, witch fingers. fingers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it looks like one of those. And she just jabs it into Jessica's neck and turns Jessica into this zombie thing. Yeah, which was really cool. Yeah. Because her face like splits open. Yeah. It looked awesome. That was that was dope. Um and so yeah, basically she starts just turning all the family members one by one into these zombie creature things. And, you know, things go along. And basically, that's why Casey is trying to chop up her family because they're, they're Some all things monsters. happen and then, and then, and then you have a baby. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's, you've, you come to find out there's this coven of witches called the ladies mm-hmm. that live in the woods. And what? All, all ladies are witches. <laughs> they all live in the woods. True that. <laughs> What'd you say? I don't know. All right. Quit trying to hijack the show. Um... Yeah, they were kind of like uh, almost like the three sisters, right? Is that what they're called? Or the three ladies? The three sisters in like Greek mythology. Oh, I thought you were going to say Hocus Pocus. No, there are three, the three fates basically, like the three witches that can like tell, see the future. Mm. Um, Yeah, because you come to find out that this uh, this inside crime show is they're watching it from the future. Yeah, it's never really explained if. It's like a real TV show, yeah. Or, is or if it it's like, just their their show that shows in the future, like a like a CCTV type thing, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's just like plugged into this magic rock, right? <laughs> that looks like a big black, uh, like ice cream swirl. Sure, just or a, like a unicorn horn. Yeah, just a swirly. And I think that the things that Babs was jabbing into people's necks were pieces of it, right? Yeah, because one of the things or the ladies or whatever they are um, breaks a piece of that rock off at like the... She gets her rocks off? Yep. <laughs> and she breaks a little piece of it off um, or like at at the same time that they're showing up to that cabin. And I presume passes it off to uh, Babs. Bee cramp. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happens that goes completely unexplained. Yeah. Like at one point, they're asking Babs why she's doing this, and she's like, "Oh, it's my turn." And then that's—I don't know what that means. There's a lot of inferring in this movie. Yeah, like I felt almost like maybe I wasn't smart enough for it. <laughs> well, yeah, and like hearing that it was apparently like edited down since its film festival run i'm like so did it make more or less sense before <laughs> right because yeah, like if, if this was pared down to make it make more sense then i'm not sure mission accomplished yeah they did a bad job <laughs> but no like it like if i put my own like um thoughts and inferences into it sure it makes sense 
but I don't know if that's necessarily what they were trying to go for. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely things that come up that you're just like, what the hell does that mean? And then the movie ends and you're like, I still don't know what the hell that meant. Right. I don't get it. Um. So what'd you think? I mean, it was good, I guess. Uh, it reminded me a lot of Evil Dead, honestly. I could see that. That's not really a thought I had, but sure. I mean, you know, you had the cabin in the woods and then the creatures, you know, people turning into the creatures and just the way that the creatures acted was very kind of Evil Dead off the wall-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, having the inside crime show run intertwined with, you know, the real world events was interesting, but I don't know if it served the purpose in the way they wanted it to. Because it gave away the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, You know, it's kind of revealed that, like, this is the the three ladies, the witches. This show is, like, their glimpse into the future. And, again, it's not really clear if, like, this is an actual show and they're seeing, like, a future broadcast or something. Um, Or if this is just, like, kind of like in Bruce Almighty when he turns all the prayers into into a computer program. Yeah. Kind of that kind of thing. Um, but uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Shit. Hmm. What was I saying? <laughs> Help me out here. The ladies and the broadcast and the thing. Oh, yeah, that thing. Um, I don't know. It, it wasn't clear. It was like, I liked the idea of it. But at the same time, like I said, it gave away the end of the movie almost at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And so it's like you knew, obviously, the events of the TV show are, you know, they're the police accounts and the police reports and, you know, there's there's no eyewitnesses. So it's there's no eyewitness accounts. So you know it's it's not going to be exactly that. There's going to be a different version of these events mm-hmm. happening. But at the same time, you still know what's happening at the end of the movie. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, you see these glimpses into the future and... You don't really realize that's what's going on at first because it's just showing clips from the show. Yeah. Um, before it actually tells you all, oh, it's what this is what these witches are watching. That kind of tells them the future. Because you know they they get to the cabin and they and I think it's like Casey and um, James are you know like embracing and you know saying like oh i actually feel better than i have in a long time and then it jumps to this show saying oh casey what are casey pollock killed her whole family um so it's like you don't know if it's like you're getting your own glimpse into the future or or what's going on yeah um and but then even when you figure out that what it actually is is these you know what these witches are seeing um you're not even really sure that this is necessarily what's going to happen. That's true. It kind of puts everything you've seen in as far as that show into doubt. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's there's a lot lot about this that's a little confusing. Yeah, this movie is is hard to follow. Yeah, and I don't know again if that was just my my intelligence level or what, but I like to consider myself a pretty smart guy. I mean, I've read things from 
professional critics who are like, I don't know what I watched. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I try not to read other people's reviews before we do the show, but this one I kind of had to because I was like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> like I'm trying to find an explanation of the movie yeah. more so than just, you know, reading other people's thoughts. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, aside from the story, like the, the minimal effects that were in it were pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they're all practical too, which is great. Yeah. That's, that's another thing I like about this. kind. That of one at the end was was the transformation scene oh yeah yeah, yeah. that, that was, was pretty pretty grim um yeah and at the end it's like you're not even really sure exactly what's happening yeah or how or why yeah i mean like i can infer i, I can take a guess at what that probably was and it makes sense just because i want it to but <laughs> i don't know that that's necessarily i the can right justify thing. it in my own mind yeah but um yeah, all the all the effects were pretty cool. I think that's something that is used a lot with that L.A. indie film crew. Yeah, uh, you know all those directors that all seem to know each other. Right. <clears throat> um, who directed this, by the way? Uh, Brad Baru. Has he done anything else? No, this was his debut. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'm saying that last name right, but that's probably close enough. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> um the the interesting thing as I think about it of you know basically telling you the end it kind of it almost makes you more curious because you're like I already know the end but I don't know how they're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there was a stinger that just didn't seem like that, it to be that there. was that I, other than to set up a sequel. Yeah, but it even, was the only reason I I could see that being there. Even still, it's like, how is this setting up anything? Yeah. <laughs> you're just, oh, you're telling me the story of the next movie. Yeah. It's like, which, I don't know. Which sounds are. very similar to the story of this movie. Right. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. I don't know. I guess we can discuss afterwards what we thought the whole thing meant. I, I, I don't know what it meant. <laughs> well, maybe I'll tell you what I thought. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. mean, the acting is obviously great. Yeah. You've got these these genre, you know, I mean, legends in the case of Crampton. But I mean, you know, people, Grant and Bowen are well known within the genre. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're kind of icons at this point. Yeah. So, of course, the acting is going to be great. Even the kids were good. Uh-huh. Yeah, especially, well, never mind. Okay. Kind of, kind of, I mean, you know, a lot of this movie is kind of, unfortunately, a spoiler, but I can keep a few secrets. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> um, Jessica, when she when she turns into this creature thing, it's it's a pretty great pretty great scene. The mm-hmm. she, the way she like her contorts her body and yeah, it just looks so painful. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> it was good. Uh, is is good. I mean, I don't know what she was turning into other than just like a demon, but it was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. That's why I said it reminded me of, of Evil Dead, you know, because you have these people transforming into something that you don't really know what it is, but it's it's fucked up, whatever it is. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... This movie's difficult to review because it's like, I liked it, but at the same time, I don't really know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really understand anything about it. 
Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. Um, so like I'm I'm watching it. I'm like, man, the acting's really great. I love the um, the effects, and you know what I'm what I'm understanding of the story is pretty good. And you know if what I'm assuming is correct, then that's not bad. But I don't know this if that's correct. Like, <laughs> as you're watching it, you don't really get like to the point where you're like, wait, I need to rewind and watch that again and figure that out. You just watch it and you're like, okay, well, that's going to get explained later. That, you know, that's something that's going to tie into something else. And then it ends and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. But in the moment, it's just entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, at no point watching this movie was I hung up on anything. Yeah. It's like even things that didn't make sense. I wasn't like, wait, no, what? What's going on here? <laughs> right. It's just kind of like a, you know, you just go for the ride. And then you think about the nuances of it later, which is what we're doing now. Exactly. So. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was I was thoroughly entertained by it. And like I said, it reminded me a lot of Evil Dead. Um, and I, I like the the interweaving of the, the TV show into it even though it did give a lot away, but you still know that it's not going to happen in the way that you think it's going to happen. So, I'll give it a six. Okay. Um, I mean, I won't reiterate everything I've said already, but um, it was a solid movie, I think, um, aside from just being a little confusing. But, you know, maybe maybe it was designed for us to want to, like, to have to fill in the blanks ourselves. Maybe it was kind of open to interpretation. I, maybe. I don't know. Um, but considering the fact that I don't know necessarily what was intended allows me to kind of fill in what I think it meant. Yeah. And it kind of makes me enjoy the movie more, I guess. Okay. Um, so I'll give it a seven. It's still a terrible title, though. It's not a good title. I thought about giving it a seven, but I don't. I don't know. Something held me back. It's all right. You just didn't like it as much. It's fine. I, uh, <laughs> I did though. Like I really liked it, but it no, was it's, like it's fine. It's fine. It was like I liked it until it was over, and then I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Next up is a. Is it 2017? I think it is. Originally, <coughs> originally 2017 at least. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, 2017. Um, French film. <coughs> yeah, <coughs> I'm okay. <coughs> it's 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 called Revenge. I'm okay. I'm okay. What the hell is I'm okay? <sighs> Stand to meet my associates. Hi. Hi. 
I think he just kept talking. You're like, hey, whatever, fuck him, he's dying. I mean, if you <laughs> if you die, you die. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> um, hey, can, so yeah, I was super surprised that you picked a foreign movie. I did not know it was French. I knew it. <laughs> I was like, I bet he didn't know. I did not know at all. <laughs> um, but uh, most of it's in English, which was nice. That's true. Well, I don't even know most. Of it. I don't know if most. There's not. Right. A, there's not a lot of dialogue. That's true. And I'd say of the dialogue, there is maybe half and half. Like there's half English, half French. And the dialogue's not super important. Not really. It's um, not like it's giving you d- crucial plot points or anything. Yeah. But this is a 2017 uh, French film. Uh, it's going to it's going to be a Shutter exclusive. Um, yeah, like it popped up on and it said you know Shutter, and I was like, oh, this is on Shutter. God damn. Yeah. Did you did you <laughs> did you say this? It's a Shudder movie? Why the hell did I just pay for this? Yes. Yeah, me too. And then I went to Shudder, and it was, it was like, like September, September 18th. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> the exact same thing <laughs> happened. Um, it, was, it was surprising, though, because my wife was sitting there when I started it, and um, I said, wait, this is a Shudder movie? God damn it. Why did I just pay for this? She's like, oh, it's only 99 cents, which is something I would have said. <laughs> But um, anyway, so um, yeah, so this is a French film. Um, but the main character really? is huh? Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yep. Mais c'est bleu bleu. Um, do you ever see the episode of Friends where Joey was trying to learn French? Yes. And Phoebe's teaching him, and she's like, "Je m'appelle Claude," and he's like, "Bleu de bleu bleu." <laughs> I'm hearing the same thing. <laughs> um, so French film, main character is American. Um, it's a, a, a young girl by the name of Jen who has been spirited away for a, a getaway weekend in the middle of a desert with her little boy toy, Richard. The French Zach Ward. Sick. See, I thought he looked like Scott Speedman. Scott Speedman. Uh, Scott Scotsman? <laughs> or Aaron Eckhart. You didn't think he looked like Zach Ward? No, I didn't get that at all. Dude, there's a picture of him that I saw online. Okay, I could see Scott Speedman, yeah. I saw a picture online of <clears throat> the scene where they're running through the house, mm-hmm. and I thought it was Zach Ward, and I was like, why is this coming up? <laughs> um. Anyway, so Jen, um, she's, um, you know, uh, a, a young girl, probably in like her midder, middle, midder. <laughs> She's Mid- in her midder 20s. Middle 20s somewhere. Um, and Richard is probably in his mid This says she's a socialite. I didn't get that. Me neither. Whatever. It's, I don't think it's important. Um, but uh, Richard is a millionaire um, through one form or another. A married with children millionaire. Love and marriage. And um, so he's, he's brought... Uh, Jen to his little desert hideaway um, for a booty call, and you know it, she, Richard kind of gives him the, gives her and us as the audience an impression that like uh, if there weren't kids involved, I'd leave my life tomorrow and yeah. be with you. And I think that she genuinely believes that. Um, so you know, after you know they they arrive there by helicopter, like I said, this is the middle of the desert. And you don't really get until 
almost the end of the movie, this actually takes place in the U.S. somewhere. I looked and it's filmed in Morocco. But the fact that it was so there's so much French in it, I thought maybe it was, took place in France. Yeah. But it's like, there's no deserts in France, at least not that I'm aware of. So I was very confused. Um, then I thought maybe it took place in Morocco. How, wait, how do you know it took place in the U.S.? Uh, because the commercials that are on TV. Oh. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Yeah, it was very subtle. I mean, and maybe I'm just assuming. I don't know. Oh, yeah, because it was scusa.com. Huh? Because it was scusa.com. Scusa? Yeah, it was shoppingclubusa.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, Didn't even click. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. I was hearing the, the telemarketer, or not telemarketers, <clears throat> but the girls in the commercials saying, oh, it's like the best in the USA. And it's like, okay, well, I, I doubt they'd advertise this in France or, yeah. or Morocco. So anyway, but they are in the middle of a vast desert. There doesn't seem to be anything around for as far as the eye can see, except for this house, which must be running on some kind of self-sustained power system. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because there's no towers or anything around. No, it's like that house has to be like entirely running on generators. Must be. Um, but uh, anyway, so like after a, a, a night of passion, um, Jen wakes up and when she's uh, all like, uh, uh, yeah, sucking that dick, and we we get to see <laughs> an extreme close up of, of man ass, of man ass. Yeah, I was. Telling my wife, it's like fucking French films. There's always so much man ass. And we see his dick too, and he's just like walking around naked, just like yeah. talking to his wife. She's like, oh yeah, I'm naked after fucking this girl. No big deal. <laughs> um, my dick's still wet. <laughs> so they are. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so Jen wakes up and um, she's just eating an apple. <laughs> Important plot point there. Inconsequential. That's just what she's doing. In her panties. In her panties. Um, Did she remind you of anyone? Yes, but I don't know who. I keep thinking like maybe um, uh, Jessica Alba. No, don't see that. Yeah, she looked so familiar. Also, uh, maybe Alicia Vikander. I'm not sure I know who that is. Uh, She was the new Tomb Raider. Oh, yeah. I could see that. But she's an Italian broad. Oh, is she? Yeah. Um, anyway. So, uh, yeah. So she's she wakes up the next morning and is surprised to see uh, Stan and Dimitri. Was Stan- that the fat guy's name? I never knew the fat guy's name. Yeah. Um, standing outside, just staring at her like creeps, holding guns. Oh, apparently she's in rings. Oh. I didn't see that because it looked terrible. Yeah. I mean, if I could go back and not see either of the original Ring movies, I would not (laughs) do it. Anyway, um, so, yeah, so Stan and Dimitri uh, are standing there with guns, and they come in, and Richard's like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? And it's like, that's the kind of welcome we get. We show up a day early, uh, and, you know, you're, you're giving us that kind of attitude. You find out that this is actually supposed to be like a boys' getaway weekend where they're going hunting. Hunting trip, yeah. Now, did you see a single fucking animal in that desert? It's a fucking desert. What are you hunting? Lizards? Exactly. Like, what? 
There's nothing lives out there. Yeah. But he managed, Richard at one point manages to find a dead animal or, or kills an animal. I couldn't even really tell what it was. Maybe a fox or something. Yeah, maybe. <sighs> anyway. Um, yeah, I think it was a fox. I think the best I could tell. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Richard's just like, yeah, you know, this is Jen. She's a, a friend, friend of mine. Yeah. A very good friend. Very good. She was just leaving. <laughs> and then she's like, well, I'm going to go get a shower. And then, she, you know, runs her hand across his chest. And so, you know, Stan and Dimitri know that he's a married man with children. And they're like, uh, so what's up with the wife? And, you know, so they, they know what's going on, but they're not, they're homies. So they're not going to fuck with it. Bro code. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that night, they all kind of get drunk and start partying out by the pool. And Jen kind of puts on a little, it's not a strip tease, but just like kind of like a burlesque little, show. Yeah. Um, and it starts dancing with Stan. Um, and, uh, you know, they all just get really fucked up. And she wakes up the next morning and finds uh, that Richard is gone. Um, Stan is out, or Dimitri's passed out in the pool, like kind of floating ring, hung over as fuck. Yep. And Stan is sitting at a table with, Looks like breakfast made yeah. or something. Um, Care for some Joyce? <laughs> and uh, anyway, so she kind of is like, oh, well, uh, I'm going to go since, you know, Richard isn't here. And he follows her into the bedroom. Or she, oh, she takes a shower. And she's, like, getting dressed. And Stan is just standing there. He's creeping on her. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, she sees him standing there and he's just like, Oh, sorry, I didn't want to scare you. And she starts making moves on her. And she's, you know, re- you know, hesitant and reluctant and tries to, you know, politely back away. But he's just like, What the fuck's your problem? It's like, You liked me last night. And so, I mean, she can see where this is going. He kind of makes it his business to have her. I, I appreciated that the the rape scene was not particularly graphic. Yeah. And that's like, you know, when we talked about this with Carlos on his show, uh, he the way he was describing it, it was like, oh, so it's kind of like, um, like I spit on, I spit your, on grave. your grave. And he said, yeah, it's kind of like that. But this was like, man, that's a disturbing scene. Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you think of like, I spit on your grave, like on a dial from one to 10, if you put I spit on your grave at 10, this was about a four. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so she basically quarantines herself in the bedroom until Richard gets back and, you know, Richard or Stan tries to stop him and say, well, look, we have a situation. I'm sorry. What happened? And it kind of explains what happens off screen. And Richard comes in and says, Hey, I'm sorry this happened. Look, I got you a job in Canada. She was trying to be an actress yeah. or a model or something. She wanted to, she just wanted to be known was all she said. Right. In LA. And he's like, I got you a job in Canada. It's basically LA. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, he says, and here's money that I deposited into account for you. You can use it however you want. So basically just trying to pay her off. Yeah. Um, and she's just like, fuck you. Call the helicopter. I want to get out of here now. Or I'm going to call the police. Or she, she grabs his phone, says, call the helicopter now or I'm going to call your wife and tell her everything that's going mm-hmm. on. And so he backhands her and that's when we see like a, a change in, in Richard. Um, 
and uh she runs she yeah she just off. she she just books it out of there um and runs across the desert and gets to a bluff and you know richard's trying to talk her out of you know, stepping away from the um from the bluff and you know pretends to call the helicopter pilot saying okay we got to change plans come pick us up now and then he pushes her off the ledge did not see that coming no um i mean i I suspected he was going to be the one to probably be the most violent, but for him to just push her off of a cliff, I yeah, I didn't see that. Coming. Yeah. Anyway, so she falls off the cliff and lands on a tree. Yeah, and gets impaled. Yeah, and gets impaled through the gut. Uh, and they, I was just like, oh my god, she's dead. <laughs> uh, so there, there was a weird shift at that point. In that Richard becomes like the, like the the crazy one and the the awful one, and it's like you know even though Stan is the rapist, yeah, you're kind of like oh fuck, I don't think he knows what he got himself into, yeah. But I like mean, he the, ends up being the the tamest one of all of them, yeah. But uh, anyway, so Richard's just like, hey, this didn't fucking happen. You know, you forget that she exists. We're going to uh, go back and we're going to go hunting like planned. And then we're going to come back later and clean this up. And then we're going to be done with it. So presumably they go hunting and they come back later that night. Um, but in the meantime, Jen has woken up. Um, she digs her lighter. Like she grabs her lighter f- from the sand and lights the tree on fire. That's a bold fucking move, right? man. <laughs> And you know, later it's like, on, well, I'm either gonna get down or I'm gonna burn alive. Yeah. <laughs> so she lights the tree on fire and lets it burn just enough to where she it chars so she can like roll herself off and like the branch snaps off. She is just leaking blood. Yeah. Just everywhere. So much blood. And it's like it makes me think that the people that made this movie don't really understand medical science yeah i was like she's definitely gonna bleed out yeah it's like especially when she pulls the tree out yeah i'm like and this is the point where she dies right yeah there's so much blood just all over the place and she just keeps bleeding yeah it was like no no it doesn't even pass out like somebody gets lightheaded if they lose an ounce yeah a little bit of blood she's lost easily like half the blood in her body yeah (laughs) Um, and she's still walking around cognizantly, um, yeah, for the most part. So, um, yeah, like I said, the three guys come back to, to pick her up and see that she's not there anymore. And they follow a trail of blood to, a, I guess, a lake. Um, and that's where they kind of lose her. So they basically are going on a manhunt for her in the, in the desert or she could presumably be anywhere. Um, but uh, that's when she kind of starts turning things around, and you know, she go- she goes for revenge. Ah, uh, and that that's that's the movie, the titular revenge. That's that's the show. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, you know, I, I could go on, but I think that's probably just starting to give away most of the movie. Uh, One thing I do want to talk about though is she she holds up in a cave. Mm-hmm. And she's got this can of Thunderbird. 
but I don't think it's actually called Thunderbird, but it ha- clearly has this giant Thunderbird on the label. Yeah. And she uh, takes some peyote that she stole from Richard. I had no idea what that was at first. I had to look it up. You didn't know what peyote was? I didn't know that it was peyote. Oh, they say it in the movie. You did? Yeah. I must have missed it. It was because uh, Stan and Dimitri, he, well, Richard, he got it from the helicopter driver. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, he dropped it or something, and Stan and Dimitri wanted to do it. And he was like, no, we're not doing peyote. Uh-huh. And so he handed it to her and it was like, here, put this in a safe place. Yeah. She stashes it away in her little locket. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I, I didn't know it was peyote. I oh. um, when, when, yeah, it's real briefly. He says like, you know, I've got this peyote or something like that. When uh, Roberto, the helicopter pilot, takes out this little baggie and gives it to Richard, I, I thought it was pot. And I'm like, that's not going to get anyone high. Because <laughs> it was just a little bit of stuff. Yeah. Like that's probably yeah. I didn't know what it was until later when Richard said it. But yeah, so she's holed up in this cave and she takes the peyote and she like carves open this can, sticks the knife through it, heats it up, and like uses it to cauterize her wound on her stomach. Yeah, I don't think it works that way. <laughs> I mean, it might, but what wouldn't work is it branded the logo of the Firebird <laughs> into her stomach. No, I mean I can respect the iconography there. Yeah, it's a cool visual. Like the whole Phoenix yeah. thing, but like that wouldn't happen. That's right. a flat surface. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's not like tattooing or anything. Yeah. It's like, it's just stuff that's been burned onto or to, it's been inked onto a can. It's like a transfer over to her skin. Right. And apparently her back was all cauterized from when she set the tree on fire. And like, yeah, I, that didn't even occur to me. Me neither. Because she pulled the, the stick out of the front of, you know, her, through her stomach it's like, but isn't she bleeding through her back too? Yeah, at one point I saw her back and I was like, what the fuck happened to her back? And I was like, oh, right, the fire from the tree. I guess. Right, yeah, same. Um, yeah. So, what do you think? You know, I'm not super into revenge horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because I feel like the protagonist is the one, like especially in, for example, I Spit on Your Grave, where she's doing just these horrible things where she's torturing these people and like cutting off their balls and awful, awful things. And it's like, this is the protagonist, right? <laughs> well, I think the line blurs a little bit, and I think that's kind of the intention. Right, and that's what I don't like about it. I'm a big believer in, in justice. <laughs> in revenge. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, eye for an eye. I, I, I believe in that wholeheartedly. I know it's not the politically correct thing to, to say, but um, yeah, eye for an eye, man. I mean, that's fair, but it's like in a horror movie, it's like I, I don't feel like you're supposed to be rooting for the person who's doing these torturous acts. I root for Jason all the time. Well, that's because you're fucked up. <laughs> but this one, I, it still felt like the guys were the antagonists. And yeah. it, it felt very much like she was... She was not just, even though the movie's called Revenge, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like she was just out for revenge. It still felt like she was fighting for her life, for her well-being. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the guys, they were they're fighting to the end. You know, you think of something like... Yeah, they're not running from her. Yeah. No, they're, they're, tr- they're trying to kill her yeah. up, up until their ends. Um, but, like, you know, all three of them, when they find her, they're trying to get her like they're they're not like you think of something like um um i spit on your grave 
where when she starts torturing these guys, they turn into little children mm-hmm. and just like just little crying bitches. These guys, not so much, right? You know, they're they're just getting pissed off by the fact that they're being tortured. <laughs> well, it's not even so much torture. It's just yeah, no, it's that's. I guess that's what makes it different is that this isn't so much torture. This is strictly just it's fighting for survival on both sides. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the effects uh, all practical again. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but the ones that are there are pretty gruesome. Yeah, and there is. The one with the foot. That was hard. Oh, that was hard to watch. That was really hard to watch, especially, yeah, I, I, won't, I won't get into it, but that was, that was grim. Yeah. <laughs> um, like the first part, you're like, okay. And then it just keeps going. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Stop. There, there's a scene at the end, or I should say probably like the last, like the final confrontation. Um, there is... So, so much, much blood. blood, like more blood so than much. people have in their bodies. Like I don't, like again, I don't think anybody who made this movie really understands medical science. It is everywhere. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like, I mean, because the whole place is white, like the furniture, the carpet, the walls, everything's white. It was very like American Psycho. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. Just blood everywhere and you know this this movie is stained red there's just there's blood all over jen um you know all three of the guys you know shed blood actually no yeah i was gonna say dimitri doesn't but he does <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> um i think he probably gets it the worst yeah probably um yeah I don't know what else to add. The part when the dude wraps up his guts with the plastic wrap. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not going to work. Yeah. It's like, you may think that's going to work, <laughs> but it's not going to work. Um, anyway, so, uh, I mean, there's not much to the movie. There's, there's not much of a script to talk to, to speak of. I mean, as far as, like, dialogue. Um. The acting was fine. Um, it's always hard for me to really judge the acting in a movie where I don't speak the language. Yeah, because I'm like, I don't, I don't know the the tone and the inflection that's going on here. I'm too busy reading. Yeah, what the words are to really. But get the, like I said, I mean, there isn't a lot of dialogue in this, so no, there's really not. And uh, you know, all of the interactions with Jen are all in English. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, like I said, the acting, as far as I could tell, was fine. Um, just very, very gory, which I enjoyed. Her, her turnaround seemed a little abrupt to me. Like, she, you know, spent so much time limping around the desert, probably just trying to stay conscious, and then she just flips and then suddenly she's like this fucking rambo yeah which i thought was a little um pushed but the thing that i appreciated was it wasn't like she was like all of a sudden just i'm this badass and i know how to do all these things and you know i can set traps and all this stuff it's still 
her, you know, she's she's fighting for her life. Yeah. And she's doing what needs to be done. Like the first time she fires the shotgun, it kicks back and knocks her on her ass. Right. And I appreciated that realism that someone who's never fired a gun isn't going to know about that kickback. Yeah. Whereas, you know, other movies, it's just like, yeah, I know how to fire this gun. I'm going to sh- sh- gun this guy down from 800 yards away. <laughs> watch me shoot. Like, watch me shoot this like I'm doing. God damn it. Watch me shoot this like I've been doing it for years. Exactly. Like, you know, she's not some dead eye shot. Right. That she's, you know, she's got the guy in her scope and she still only hits him in the, in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, the guy gets shot in the shoulder and then he's like chasing after her with his gun. And he's got his the butt of his rifle mounted against that shoulder. Mm. So like there's going to be some kickback. I don't I don't. That would so. hurt like I don't hell. Think so. <laughs> um, he never actually fired it, though, did he? Yeah. It's oh, like, it's like three times. Oh, well, yeah, that probably would have hurt like shit, right? Uh, yeah, but yeah. I found it thoroughly entertaining. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 easily consumable. There's not much to it, but it was a lot of fun, especially if you enjoy uh, a lot of blood and just senseless violence. There's there's plenty of that. Yeah, um, I was reading actually on the Wikipedia article at some. Um, that it's being considered like a, uh, a feminist rape revenge movie. And I don't get that. I don't see how Jen was feminist at all. I mean, I get the, the female empowerment of, you know, taking taking it back and getting revenge on your assaulter. But that's, I mean, that not that any? That's a, it's kind of a stretch, I think. I mean, isn't, you know, would, would you consider I Spit on Your Grave a feminist movie? Because it's the same idea no i wouldn't <laughs> yeah i don't think i would either it's it, so it seems interesting that they would call it that yeah. anyway um yeah so anything else to add uh very stylized <clears throat> yeah it uh definitely felt like a like a foreign film you know like sort of like a french film or you know fuck that guy's cool Um. Yeah, like Jesus fucking Christ! What an asshole! Yeah. Um. Yes, I I get what you mean. Yeah, very French uh, feeling to me. Uh, just French have that very intense, like in your face feel to them, especially like action movies. Um. And I mean, like, if you look at the use of color, you know, like, obviously it's in a desert, so everything's very brown, everything's very muted, but she's got these, like, this bright blue shirt on and these bright pink earrings, mm-hmm. and she's made to very, to stand out, whereas the guys are in very muted colors, they're in, like, blacks and grays. Yeah. You know, even in, you know, further in the movie where she is just so filthy that she just looks like she's brown from head to toe, those pink earrings still just mm-hmm. stand out. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and you know the whole Phoenix thing—it's a little heavy-handed, but I I can get it, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's a metaphor, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's all I have to say. Yeah. Okay. Um. I don't know. This is tough. Like I don't. I don't want to rate it too high, just because there wasn't a lot of substance to it. Yeah. I don't want to rate it low because I didn't not like it. Sure. I don't know. Six? Six? Right? Six? 
I'm going seven. Okay. I think seven's fair. Like I, I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed Dead Night. Okay. It's a different kind of movie, but this didn't leave me wondering what the fuck was going on. So. Right. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go, indeed. So yeah, uh, Revenge is available on VOD, and it will be on. Um, sh- Why do you live near so many assholes? This isn't a common occurrence. Um, just just while we're trying to record. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so it, VOD, uh, pretty much all outlets, I think, and it will be available on Shutter on September 18th, I believe it is. I thought it was 13th. Is it, I don't know. One of the, it's either the 13th or the 18th. Sometime in September. If I believe not, it also, also is like just hitting DVD. If it hasn't already, it's going too soon. Right. So um, enjoy. Check it out. And it was, like I said uh, earlier, it's 99 cents if you want to rent it. So, or you got it on Google Play, I assume. Yeah. 99 cents? Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Okay. I think. Is that what it was? It was on Amazon. No, it is six ninety nine on Google Play. Ew. Fuck me. Go to Amazon. It's 99 cents. 99 cents on Amazon. <laughs> Don't buy it from Google Play, apparently. Anyway, so that's going to do it, guys. That's going to do it. That is the entire show. 116 episodes in the can. In the butt. That's what the can is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm tired now. You take a nap. This was exhausting. <laughs> it's it's exhausting to be so awesome all the time. It's true. It is. Okay. All right, guys. Um, we'll be back in two weeks. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. We're gonna be watching Summer of '84 from the team behind Turbo Kid. Have you watched Turbo Kid yet? No. You are just fucking up. I'll watch Turbo Kid by the next episode. I better be. Maybe. I'm hoping this is as good as Turbo Kid, because Turbo Kid's so fucking awesome. Uh, what are you going to do if I don't like Turbo Kid? I'm going to kick you right in the asshole. In the asshole? <laughs> yep. I'm going to say, bend over and lift your sack, and I'm just going to kick you right in the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're also going to be watching another Wolf Cop. Yeah, that's the sequel. This is the sequel to Wolf Cop. Uh, we've actually seen it already. Yeah, we watched it at uh, the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. Boner Bat. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Steve. <laughs> I'm immature. I make no apologies. <laughs> um, yeah, so check that out when it's available. <laughs> and join us on Patreon to hear our uh, our most recent video review. Right. Uh, Patreon, like I said, is the place where you can uh, help finance the show, guys. Um, can't do it. Well, we can do it without you. It's We don't want to. <laughs> yeah, we, we'd rather not. <laughs> Taylor, tell them again where they can go. They can go to patreon.com slash podcast to contribute to the show monetarily. If you don't have any money, we get it. Uh, you can help us out just by uh, rating. We get it because we don't have any either. Yeah, just... Uh, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, wherever it is you listen to your sh- to your uh, to your shows, to your your stories, <laughs> your programs. Um, send us an email. Let us know if you leave us a rating, and we will send you a free magnet. Yep. Uh, you can also follow us on uh, Instagram and Facebook as Great Plot Podcast. Join our Facebook group, The Graveyard, 
and follow us on Twitter as grave underscore plot. Yeah. So guys, until next time, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Oh, get ya one way or another.